From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We are continuing our In Her Boots podcast series with Rachel Armstrong of Farm Commons. Today we're looking at staff and managing the human risk on our specialty crop farms. Learn about different categories of labor and how to navigate legally and safely for everyone. Rachel is the founder and executive director of Farm Commons, a nonprofit organization that exists to empower farmers to understand and create their own solutions to business law challenges in an ecosystem of support. She strives to make farm law approachable and relevant to every farmer. We are continuing our podcast series with Rachel Armstrong of Farm Commons, talking about all aspects of risk here, but wanted to dial in a little bit on the idea of the people on your farm, the employees, your staff, the people helping, especially on the specialty crop farms that tend to be where women farmers congregate and having a diversity of things going on your farm or diversity of crops, et cetera. And looking at employees and human risks from that specialty crop lens, because it can get confusing, right? I mean, it's not, uh, let's start with, I know an area you work a lot in your educational resources at Farm Commons of helping people understand that there's a difference in who is helping you on the farm, right? staff versus volunteers versus CSA member parties, work parties, et cetera. What are some, where should we start? What are some key things people should know? Right. Well, I think um, women entrepreneurs in particular tend to be more sensitive to the experience of those who are helping them do work. They tend to want to create experiences that are more rewarding, more acknowledging of this, the characteristics and skills and personalities of the people who are, who are working with them. Over, over time, that has evolved to some pretty creative and wonderful arrangements and opportunities on farms. Uh, there are farms that offer the opportunity to uh, have free lodging in return for assisting with some of the farm work or to earn a CSA share by contributing you know, four hours of labor every week, or who host volunteer work parties uh, for their friends and family. Um, there's a number of creative ways that that uh, our farming entrepreneurs are getting work done without, without defaulting to a rigorous, you're my employee and you do what I say sort of regime. That's really good. And there are a lot of benefits that come from a more creative and more a wholesome and welcoming outlook on what it means to get work done on a farm. But the law, the law, of course, has something to say about those things. Uh, and this it's not always good news. So the facts are that the way the law understands it, basically anyone who does the work of a for-profit business, including a farm, 
is an employee. So anyone who does the work of a for-profit farm is an employee. What doesn't matter what they say, even if that exactly. person says, "Hey, I want to help you. I am doing this all on my own exactly. accord." Exactly. No, no, that's super important because it. Nitty you got multiple details. players now. Yeah, let's go to a little something called the Fair Labor Standards Act, passed by, um, it, well, it became federal law back in thirty-eight or nineteen thirty-eight or forty-two or something like that. Established the very first minimum wage and overtime, the federal level. How does the Fair Labor Standards Act define employing someone? According to this law, to employ someone is to permit the person to work for you. Now that's a really broad definition and it includes volunteering. Well, why? Well, imagine that you have, you know, your classic job where you work nine to five for some large corporation, you go to work every day and one day the boss comes over to your desk and he says, Things are a little, little tight around here. We've got a bit of a crisis coming up, and I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday and volunteer from 9 to 5. Okay? And then he walks off. You're like, okay, it sounds like I might lose my job if I don't volunteer. That's the kind of exploitation that the law is designed to mitigate against. If you just prohibit volunteering, you can't have this, this power dynamic that leans on people to work without pay. So to shut that off completely, we just say no volunteering for a for-profit business. There's also the public policy argument that it will, um, to allow volunteering will be to depress wages for people overall, because employers could say, look, if you don't want to work for seven bucks an hour, I'm going to find somebody who will do it for free and, you know, reduce those wages. So those are the public policy reasons why the law says this. That's not what farms are doing. I was going to you know? I heard the chorus in the background, but that's not Ex- us. That's, exactly. not, that's not totally not us. <laughs> that might not be us, but public policy is there to, cre- to, to uh, create a system that works for the most people the most times. And there are exceptions. So what I've been saying here is if anyone does the work of a for-profit business, they're an employee and all employment laws need to be followed. But the thing is, farms tend to have wide open exemptions from a lot of employment laws. Now I'm talking to you in the state of Wisconsin, and in the state of Wisconsin, farms do have to comply with minimum wage. In many of our surrounding states, they don't. So sure, maybe your volunteer is an an employee, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to pay them at least a minimum wage. It means you need to research it. You need to know what farm employment laws are and what they require, and if you are satisfying them. If you are not satisfying them, you need to understand the risk. And you need to be making, choosing that risk diligently in a way that is right for you and your business. So what are some alternatives then? Like for those first situations right. you were describing of a CSA work party or just people want to come and help. Is is there some options? I'm not in the business of telling people what they should do. Oh, fair. So I guess say that much. The point is, know what the laws require. Sure. Understand the risk that your desired venture is involving and modify it to the to, to to what makes you feel better. Sure. You know, figure out where your risk tolerance is. Let's let's uh, let's take a moment to, to consider what risk is. Number one, how likely is it that a bad thing will happen? Number two, how bad is it going to hurt if that thing does happen? All of that needs to be considered when we're talking about creative strategies for achieving work on the farm. So should you throw out the work party entirely just because the law says that's actually employment? 
Well, I don't know. That's for you to decide. You need to know that the law is going to see it as employment. And here are some of the bad things that could happen. I want to highlight what I think is the most significant bad thing that could happen. Injuries. Mm. You're going to host a work party. You know, maybe you need some brush cleared or you need, you know, um, some intensive physical activity done. Because those are the kind of things that's really nice to have a bunch of other people sure. helping you with it, you know. Uh, so what's the chance of injury? Well, it's pretty high, actually. Um, farm work in all its forms is inherently dangerous a lot of times. We, this is an industry where people are hurt all the time. So we got to look at how much risk are, how much risk of injury is there. Okay, number two, how bad is it going to be when someone is injured? A person might be saying, it's not that bad. They have private health insurance. They're going to go to the doctor and be fine, right? Well, no, because their health insurance company can actually sue you for that injury. So I would say the number one risk management effort that anyone who uses volunteers needs to emphasize is how am I how am I managing for the risk of injury? It's likely to happen and it's going to be bad if it does. The single best way to manage the risk of injury to volunteers who are actually employees is workers' comp. Even if it's not required, look at getting a workers' comp policy because it's cleanest and neatest. And at this point, I should probably let people know they've got to go to our website and download our documents. They're free. We have extensive, detailed, very valuable information on Wisconsin employment law, all of the Midwestern um, states of employment law, and many on the East Coast as well. We have a guide managing the risks of interns and volunteers. I don't know, it's 40 pages. A lot more than I can tell you right now, but you got to read it, figure out what's right for your farm. That makes total sense. On that note of interns, we'll read the full 40 documents. But again, it's an area of confusion, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's not as simple as I'm providing you knowledge, therefore you can help me on the farm. Or that It is not that simple. No. 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 Because think of it, if, take the corporate corollary. You know, your boss comes to you and he's like, that new project you took on, you did great, but you learned a lot, right? I'm thinking I'm going to dock your you know, pay by about half because you're learning some cool stuff, aren't you? Huh. No, that's no, not it's okay. an extreme, but it, it's yeah. logical still. I mean, yeah. from what you're saying, yeah, yeah sure. Exactly. Why wouldn't you if you could? Right. So as farms, we can't say, but you're learning some great stuff, right? No, they're doing the work of your for-profit business, and so the law says it's employment. They deserve the wage that you agreed to pay them. Yeah, and I realize we're in the the weeds of risk management when it comes to human risks and employees, but what we're really talking about is the value of food, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if farms need to be in this position, not just the, what you were talking about earlier, the collaborative, I want to bring people on the farm and help. And, you know, that's that's one spirit. But if it's true labor to get the job done so you can sell something, it's an economic price it point, is. right? You know, and yeah. if we were paying enough for food that you could hire people at healthy wages, right? this wouldn't even be a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I would say the problem isn't necessarily that you have to pay minimum wage. The problem is that you can't make money growing and selling food while also paying at least a fair wage. Yeah. That's the deeper problem and the thing that we really need to put our collective efforts towards. I think at the end of the day, everybody can look at each other and say, I want you to be able to make a living wage doing this. It's about how do we get there together. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. 
The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.